Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff Selzer. I'm a member of the Department of Psychiatry. I've been a member of the Department of Psychiatry at LIJ since 1983 when I took uh, my first position after leaving residency here. I found it enormously rewarding. I've had a number of different roles. For the last 10 years, I've been the director of Physician Resource Network, which is Northwell's completely confidential and cost-free behavioral health counseling service for members of the medical staff. I want to particularly thank the Foundation for Innovation in Medical Education for uh, giving me this opportunity to talk with you about burnout, which is uh, a fairly common presenting problem that physicians come to me to uh, see if we can uh, solve this as a problem together. The term burnout derives from a loss of an inner flame. And clinically, that inner flame relates to uh, the uh, sense of mission, altruism, uh, a passion for work. It was first researched and described in uh, people who provided human services to uh, populations that were very much in need. Uh, people who needed social services, people within criminal justice systems. Um, and as with physicians, these professionals uh, were seeing people at uh, moments of crisis and didn't always have uh, sufficient resources, um, including effective interventions to help the recipients of services out. It can be distinguished from depression when it's mild, uh, it's present at work rather than being pervasive as depression is. And uh, when it's severe, it's correlated with the presence of other psychiatric disorders. The three principal components are emotional exhaustion, feeling that one just can't give any more emotionally, depersonalization, in which uh, patients begin seen as uh, objects rather than people with complex feelings, um, in extreme cases, patients are uh, really seen as obstacles to making it through the day and being able to leave the distress of work and a feeling of cynicism about one's uh, effectiveness. Burnout is common in practicing physicians and residents and medical students. The reported rates have been as high as 50%. There have been some arguments about the validity of some measures used. There's some indication that rates of burnout uh, may be decreasing, although uh, they're uh, still unacceptably high. It uh, is correlated with a variety of professional problems, which should be of concern to um, health systems such as Northwell. Uh, it's correlated with patient dissatisfaction, with medical errors, with legal actions. And it's correlated with painful personal problems, uh, substance misuse as uh, an ineffective way to try and cope with the stress, other stress-related health issues such as heart disease, uh, car accidents, uh, marital and family problems, and suicidal ideation in people who are burned out. Our work um, is consistent uh, with uh, the work that other people who uh, experience burnout uh, have to perform. Our workload is enormous. Uh, we don't uh, 
always have control about uh, the work that comes our way, that um, at times uh, the uh, rewards may feel out of sync with the effort that we put in. There, um, at times, uh, people who are burned out uh, feel a lack of connection with coworkers. Uh, productivity demands are high and one is working in isolation. Uh, there's a sense of things just not being fair, uh, either for us or for the patients. And uh, there can be very painful conflicts in value when one's work isn't aligned with deeply held values. The Medical Society of the State of New York did a survey of physician members in 200, uh, 2016. And um, this uh, online survey, interestingly, was one of the most enthusiastically completed. Uh, there were real concerns about what the response rates would be. They were very high. And uh, what you see are the uh, uh, items that are uh, bedeviling to many practice, practicing physicians. Documentation requirements, extension of the workplace into home. Uh, there was uh, an interesting chart review done in a major medical center in New York that found uh, the highest rates of electronic health record use were on the weekends and the evenings, uh, which uh, isn't a good situation. Times when physicians should be unwinding, should be spending time with uh, loved ones, but rather just trying to get uh, caught up. And in general, what the uh, surveyors concluded is that about 80% of the problems were uh, within uh, systems and organizations rather than the uh, stresses inherent in uh, trying to serve uh, people who are ill and fearful. Investigators looking at interventions to alleviate burnout have uh, focused interventions primarily on uh, the individual physician as the target, uh, enhancing personal resilience, or the uh, organization as the target, uh, trying to change the work environment. Uh, there are really insufficient studies looking at uh, modifying both to uh, see if there uh, uh, could be uh, enhanced effects from doing both. But uh, studies have shown that um, personal resilience enhancement can uh, reduce burnout to a degree. Uh, mindfulness, in which uh, the basic strategy is to uh, learn to stay focused and undistracted and um, uh, bear with uh, uh, painful emotional states with the understanding that eventually they pass um, is a technique uh, that has been studied and found useful in clinical trials. Uh, narrative medicine in which um, uh, clinicians uh, journal or uh, uh, do um, writing as a creative outlook to uh, put experiences, positions in perspective and come to a greater understanding uh, has uh, been shown to be effective. Uh, there are a variety of stress uh, 
reduction strategies, uh, including exercise, which is not only good for one physically, but also good for well-being and good for uh, mood states. Uh, peer support groups, again, uh, emphasizing social connection and mentorship uh, have some support. Uh, there are also uh, what has uh, been called digital behavioral health interventions. Uh, the uh, Northwell uh, has made the digital intervention uh, joyable, available to uh, uh, members of the medical staff who uh, get benefits through uh, Northwell. And uh, this intervention has been found uh, to be uh, most helpful for people uh, with social anxiety, which is uh, a uh, problem in particularly medical education where, uh, environments where people have to make presentations. Uh, it's sort of a hybrid intervention in that one has a coach, and if symptoms worsen uh, or if there is an improvement, uh, there are also efforts to connect uh, one with face-to-face um, uh, -face encounters with uh, uh, mental health professionals. The beauty of digital behavioral health interventions, um, among other things, is that uh, scheduling isn't a problem. You can access them whenever it's convenient. And for people who uh, have uh, concerns uh, that just can't be mitigated regarding privacy, it uh, affords uh, greater anonymity. And then um, I would uh, encourage you to make use of Physician Resource Network um, as a uh, confidential cost-free service that uh, Northwell uh, wants you to make uh, use of, uh, both to improve uh, your professional lives, but your personal lives. Physicians Resource Network is a behavioral health consultation service for students, residents, and fellows and attendings at Northwell. There's no cost. Uh, it's completely confidential. I have no uh, administrative uh, re requirement to report anything I learn. Uh, I would never disclose anything, nor would any of our other clinicians without uh, having explicit permission and prior to that making it clear why I think some communication might be helpful. Our service has licensed clinicians who are experienced in helping Northwell physicians. Uh, we begin by doing a thorough assessment with you of what your needs are and our goal is fairly simple. It's to help you succeed both personally and professionally. A persistent problem is um, getting physicians to feel comfortable uh, getting help. And um, uh, hurdles have been fairly well identified through research. And these hurdles are uh, repeatedly found to be valid. That uh, we as a group uh, believe our problems really aren't out of control that we can uh, manage them ourselves. After all, we're doctors. Uh, the time demands of our work make it hard to get help. And I would add uh, from personal experience, it always provides us with a great excuse to avoid getting help or to avoid situations that uh, we'd rather not confront. 
Uh, there's concern about the cost of getting help. There is pessimism, uh, which is unwarranted based on the research about the effectiveness of help. Um, there is a sense of failure, a sense of shame and guilt uh, based on this idea that uh, somehow as physicians we should be invulnerable. And we didn't get into this work uh, just by chance. I think in general we see ourselves as healers and we're not always so good at, at accepting help. And there's a concern that uh, if others learn about our accessing uh, some sort of treatment, that there'll be negative consequences to our academic record if we're in training, uh, our license or our reputation in general. And I want to take the opportunity to um, ask you all when you fill out credentialing applications, applications of uh, any kind, if you see a question that you think would frighten a peer from getting help, uh, feel free to um, engage in a little civil disobedience and um, raise a question about why that question should be there and uh, encouraging the body that is asking that question to remove it uh, because it might frighten uh, someone you uh, care about from uh, accessing help. So moving from um, improving resilience, um, research on burnout interventions uh, have found that interventions in which the organization rather than the individual is the target are uh, more effective in terms of uh, uh, the size of the effect of the intervention. So uh, these suggestions have been adapted from Mark Linzer, a general internist who's made a lot of contributions in this area. Uh, he suggests making clinician satisfaction and well-being quality indicators uh, to incorporate uh, the uh, skills learned in mindfulness uh, into clinical teams, to do what is ever possible to decrease the stress from electronic health records, uh, to allocate needed resources to reduce healthcare disparities. And by that, um, he means uh, to be able to uh, provide equal services to patients regardless of um, financial resources that uh, uh, because to do otherwise uh, is distressing to the value system of physicians. To hire uh, sufficient staff to cover what are predictable life events, such as the need to help family members that come up from time to time, uh, uh, leave for uh, uh, pregnancy, um, leave for occasional illness, uh, to whatever degree possible, to promote clinician control of the work environment, to see that clinicians make important decisions that govern the clinical environment, to preserve protected time for meaningful activities as defied, defined by the clinician. Uh, so this would be under the heading of meetings that matter. Uh, that where the agenda is developed by uh, the uh, physicians on the ground, uh, to be flexible about uh, different approaches to uh, job sharing, 
and to make self-care, how we take care of ourselves, uh, part of professionalism. And it really uh, relates to well-being as a uh, quality indicator. So um, how might an organization approach this? Uh, we could uh, establish wellness as a quality indicator. And I would add reported publicly because it's correlated with important uh, patient outcomes. Um, it's a good idea to uh, put people who are passionate about this in charge and have someone serve as a champion or a liaison. Uh, at Northwell, there are annual surveys uh, assessing engagement. Um, I encourage everyone, as Northwell does, to fill out the survey so we can get those results and act on them. To uh, really consider this a quality improvement uh, project so that uh, we look at data together on wellness and engagement and think about how things can be modified to get uh, better results. Um, we can't do everything, but to pick some interventions that are appealing to our own work area and uh, implement them and to repeatedly reassess how we're doing as we would with any other quality improvement project. So what can one do uh, personally to avoid burnout or to rekindle a passion for medicine if one is feeling burned out? It's important to allow uh, oneself time to rest, to get enough sleep. Uh, exercise is uh, uh, always a good idea. It doesn't have to be uh, something as rigorous as a gym. Um, taking time for walking, gardening, um, uh, just stretching one's legs and uh, getting moving, um, very beneficial. Um, I personally try and keep things in perspective, try and see the irony in things. What we do is very serious. That doesn't mean we have to take ourselves uh, seriously. Uh, to nurture friendships and develop new friendships, that it's uh, to not be so isolated that you miss the opportunities uh, connect to connect with people around you. Uh, one initiative that's uh, particularly uh, appealing to me uh, comes out of the uh, Northwell uh, Health Physician Partners called Connect the Dots, where uh, groups of uh, physician colleagues meet for dinner. I don't think the size is greater than 10 and uh, get to know each other and uh, focus uh, informally but uh, productively on uh, ways to uh, improve the practice environment. My understanding is uh, the response uh, 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 both from the uh, perspective of desire to uh, engage in that connect the docs activity and the actual experience of it uh, has been very positive. Uh, to seek out mentors and to uh, be willing to ask for help when you need it. It's always important to assess your enthusiasm, your altruism, and your empathy as you progress in your career and preserve them, remembering uh, what um, uh, drove you to medicine in the first place and the excitement about being a physician to um, 
hone your professionalism to strive for uh, equanimity, which uh, Sir William Osler described as being so important. And again, stay connected with people to, uh, who matter to you and get to know new people. Please listen when others express concerns about you, particularly who, people who know you well. Uh, don't be defensive if someone offers um, uh, a criticism or not even a criticism offers concern. If you're not feeling well, acknowledge it and don't try and talk yourself out of it and enter into a real treating relationship as a patient rather than treating yourself or asking a colleague to treat you informally. Uh, about half of practicing physicians don't have their own primary care physicians. You deserve this. Your uh, uh, loved ones deserve this. And um, you'll see your patients deserve this too. As part of this process, it's useful to ask yourself um, on some sort of regular basis, what roles are essential? Uh, what roles are really uh, aligned with uh, your uh, most important personal values when you're involved in an activity to not be afraid to ask, is this really what I want to be doing? To recognize the difference between idealized and realistic role expectations. And are there some non-essential responsibilities that don't have meaning and that which are, I should say, don't have meaning for you, which you might give up and someone else uh, who's more aligned with those responsibilities uh, would uh, be willing to take on. And what we want to do is uh, get the uh, congruence as much as possible uh, between the circles in this Venn diagram to align what's most important to us with how we're spending our time. One of the uh, Interesting findings uh, is that in settings where there's good alignment that uh, of personal values with work, the usual drivers of burnout, long hours, lack of control over the work environment, uh, uh, limited resources are much less potent. And uh, that was interesting to me. And then I thought, oh, well, of course, that's always been my personal experience. If you're really fired up about a project, um, reflecting back on clinical situations when I was with teams uh, where I felt supported by the people who were doing good work, um, uh, I was never drained by it. Uh, the work made me feel energized. So do what you can uh, to improve uh, the function of your team and the sense of purpose uh, within your team. And um, our colleagues, uh, sociologists who've researched this, um, actually have a pretty good evidence base that once you have enough money, more money or more status within an organization uh, does not uh, lead to greater uh, happiness or well-being. This is uh, the medicine wheel, which is uh, important for Native American uh, medicine. And um, I have to confess, I don't even know if I'd qualify as being a dilettante uh, with my knowledge of it. But what's very intriguing to me is the way they view uh, illness, that there's a physical component, which we as physicians focus on a great deal, a mental component um, in which they 
focus on uh, the logic in one's thinking, and uh, psychiatrists take a look at that, particularly with interventions such as cognitive behavioral therapy. An emotional component, the degree to which um, one can be carried away with uh, emotions and out of emotional control. But then an equally important component uh, of spiritual health. And my understanding is they don't mean religious observance. They mean the degree to which one's life is uh, led according to deeply held values and the degree to which one has a sense of purpose. I have this up in my window. It's uh, a medicine wheel. And it's really as a reminder to ask uh, patients uh, that I meet with uh, about their spiritual lives. That is what they're doing meaningful to them, is how they're spending their time meaningful. So why should you do any of this? It really may be the best investment you can make in the longevity and the quality of your career. And it may also be the best investment in the longevity of your uh, patients and the quality of care that they receive. Erica Frank uh, is a, uh, an important researcher on physician health, and uh, her studies have shown that uh, across countries um, and in a variety of settings, uh, physicians who take better care of themselves take better care of their patients. Uh, you also may live longer that uh, this is a wonderful study that was just published in 2019, um, looking at um, adults, not exclusively physicians, who were older than age 50, uh, and looking at valid measures of a sense of life purpose and what their mortality was over a um, period of 70 months. And what they found was uh, those individuals who had the greatest sense of life purpose um, lived longest. Uh, this is one of my favorite thoughts uh, from uh, Anderson Spickard and colleagues. And what they say is physicians must be guided from the earliest years of training to cultivate methods of personal renewal, emotional self-awareness, connection with social support systems, and a sense of mastery and meaning in their work. Maintaining these values is the work of a lifetime. It is not incidental to medicine, but is at the core of the deepest values of the profession to first do no harm. Doing no harm begins with oneself. So uh, medicine can be damaging to one's well-being. It can also enhance it profoundly. And uh, my view is uh, we can influence greatly uh, what the effect of being physicians, uh, the effect of it in our lives and in our well-being. So I want to thank you again for uh, your attention uh, and to emphasize uh, that um, what we do is inherently enormously demanding and stressful but it can also be enormously gratifying and satisfying. I hope you found something useful in the presentation, and please get in touch with me if you think I may be able to help you out. Uh, take care. So uh, thank you again. I hope you'll get in touch with me and that I'll the opportunity to work with you. And if not me, that you'll take advantage of uh, uh, other uh, resources available 
throughout Northwell, uh, not the least of which are your wonderful colleagues. Take care.